Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. The Lord is my shepherd. Remember, this is not a psalm for the self-sufficient. Those of you who would say, I'm going to raise myself up by my bootstraps. This is a psalm for those who are honest with their need before the Lord. I got to have you. I got to have you. So if we're not willing to call ourselves a a sheep, then this psalm cannot be true for us. Everybody with me on this so far? And then he says, I lack nothing. We talked about that a few weeks ago. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, He leads me beside quiet waters. And then what we're seeing is this journey that David's leading us on. There's just these steps where God is leading and God is providing and he's guiding and he's protecting. And we see this and he leads me beside quiet waters. That's literally translated waters of rest. And there he, say this with me, he refreshes my soul. Because so many of us are tired at a soul level right now and, and another vacation or an extra day off is not gonna do it. And somehow we gotta sit down, we gotta sit down, we gotta slow down, and we gotta allow God to restore our souls, amen? And then he guides me along the, say this with me, the, the right paths. We talked about that last week. Andy Stanley says it's direction that determines destination, not intentions. It's, dire- it's always direction. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter where you mean to go, it, it's, it's where you're actually headed. That matters, and so it's important that we have a shepherd that leads us in the right directions. And then this, one of the right paths is green pastures and and waters of rest and and, and right paths, but another one of the right paths, and this is hard for us to comprehend, is also this, even though I walk through the darkest valley. The older translations say the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are, say this with me, for you are, with me. I, I think that's the, the great insight of all the text that, that the prophet said that Emmanuel was going to come, Jesus was going to come, God with us. That, that in the good days, in the, in the average days, and in the bad days, that he's always there with us for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, which seems strange to, that a rod and a staff would comfort me, sticks, and, you know, clubs except when you have an enemy. Come on, somebody. If you're a sheep and there's a wolf or a lion, then it's good that the shepherd has a, as a, as a club. I carry a knife, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just to, if anybody tries to jack, um, anyways. If you're a guest with us today, I'm not really violent. Um, sometimes I talk like I am, but I'm not. Uh, and so now we've come through the valley. David's imagining, I've come through the valley and David went through many dark places. Some, some were self-inflicted, honestly. But he went through many dark places and he's trying to imagine, this is just me picturing David in my mind. Okay, I've come through this valley, I've I've gone through the green grass and now I'm coming out on the other side and and there on the other side, what's waiting for me? He's imagining what's waiting for me. And I think like any good Jewish man three or 4,000 years ago, the best and easiest metaphor David can think of is just, and we're gonna throw a big party. There's gonna be a banquet and, and maybe you haven't been able to get on board with the whole sheep and shepherd and pastures and water deal, but maybe you're like, but a party? Like, dude, we're from San Antonio. We could, come on, could we party in San Antonio? We have, we have a week called Fiesta. We made it up to party. Come on, can I get a witness? I know there's some symbolism there too, but we made it up to party. Um, if you grew up here like I did, then you've been going down there and watching these folks party for a long time, right? And, and so if you look at the Old Testament, and, and, and beyond just this, the, the biblical records, there are 
extra biblical records. There are history books. The, the Jewish people love to have a good party. And matter of fact, I think God put that in them. And matter of fact, whenever God would do something good, um, they would stop and they would, sell, they, would, they, would, they would just go time out. We're going to celebrate that. And so God actually ordained some festivals and, some, and all, all these various, you know, ta- the, the Feast of Tabernacles, all these various feasts. And I'm about a God who likes you to stop and have a feast. Can I get a witness on that too, everybody? Right? Like some big red, some carrizada, like in some fresh tortillas where there's a little old lady in the back rolling them out by hand. Come on, man. That's the power of God. What I'm saying is... Anyways, um, so, so for example, they would win a battle, and when they got back, they would throw a party. Um, somebody gets married. It's a week-long party. Bury a loved one. Kill a goat. Cabrito, you know, and you're having that. Have a baby. Grab some wine. Throw something on the barbecue. So, so festivals and banquets are a big part of the culture. So when David is taking this journey in his mind as he's writing this, on, I, I believe under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for sure, he's gone through the grass. He's gone through the water. He's gone through the fire, the, the, the darkness. He starts thinking about how God loves to celebrate the the, the momentous occasions in life. And so he says in verse 5, you prepare a table. Some of the modern translations say a banquet. We'll read one of those in just a second. You prepare a table. That's the Hebrew, a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, in our culture, we're like, what? Oil on our head? Cups overflowing? Like, what does this, any of this mean? It doesn't seem like something I would want to do, but this is what they're saying. But, but, but look at verse 5 again. For, this is from the Good News translations. You prepare a banquet before me. It's not just a table, but there's something on the table where all my enemies can see me. You welcome me as an honored guest, and you fill my cup to the brim. Let, let, me, let me help us get to the feast, the table rather, by telling you about the back end of this verse. Um, because this is what would happen before the meal. Now, it's a strange thing to hear in 2021, you anoint my head, you dump oil on my head um, as I come into the feast. But think about the customs of the time when David was alive, and this, this same, some of these customs would, would ca- carry it all the way through in the time of Jesus. But you think about if you're going to a, a feast, a wedding, a party, they didn't get in their air-conditioned cars and drive down the road. They lived in a very arid place. If you've ever been to uh, Palestine region, which is where David's at, it's dry. I mean, they've done a miraculous job in Israel of bringing water and growing things there, but it's dry, dry, dry. So if you're walking through miles in the sun, you know, they, they, they would wear uh, head coverings trying to protect their head, but there's dryness, there's dust, your face is getting jacked up. Come on, and then you're walking down the road if you don't have a donkey, if you're not rich and have a donkey, then you're walking the road. But this is the same road that the donkeys are walking on, the sheep are walking on, the cows are walking on. How many of you know they leave presents behind? for you. Can I get a witness on that? So your feet, come on, they're not good. They're not in a good shape by the time you get to the party. So a host that's a good host would honor you by having some oil, like a, like a, like a, an essential oil. Can I get an amen from all the essential oil folks? Like, yes, I've got four right here. I can sell you right afterwards. Yeah, it's good stuff, by the way. Right, and so your face is chapped, it's dry. What do you give? You give them some, some moisturizer, right? Some oil, and they would wipe their head. They would anoint your head with oil. Now, there's a lot of symbolism, and, and the oil, we'll get to some of that in a second, but this is on a practical level. So it's like, I'm gonna wipe your face down and get clean off the dirt. And then they would also sometimes wash your feet, which, come on, that's nasty. We're not doing that. You come over to my place, I'm not washing your feet. You take care of that on your own. Praise, praise I got a hose out there. If you need to spray something off, you go for that. But, but a good host in this season 
would, would, would wash even their feet. Um, but, but this is what you're doing if you're a host, and, and here's the key, you're trying to honor someone. And so because David is talking to God and about God, he's, he's saying God's invited me to his table. He's prepared this massive meal for me so that even before I sat down, because he's the king of kings, and I, I washed his feet, and I wiped his, his dry face with oil, but, but that's not what happens. It's not what David says happens. He says, God invites me to his table, and when I get there, the Lord, the king of the universe, the commander, uh, and the ruler of everything, he anoints my head with oil. Right? He wipes off my face. He's invited me to be the guest of honor. At his table, I'm well fed. I'm, I'm taken care of. I have more than enough. And we see even Jesus do this in John 13 where he, he washes his own disciples' feet. That this is, like, I've come. The Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve, he says. And, and so he says, my cup overflows that God not only meets my needs, but because of his great generosity, his great love, and his grace towards me, he gives me more than I need. And I would say most of us, most of us in this room would, would, would say it's a truth that God's supply in my life far exceeds my actual need, Right? I lack nothing. My, my cup overflows. He's walked me through the darkest valley. He's protected me all the way. He's guiding, leading, feeding, providing, protecting. So I come to the other side of the dark place and, he, and, and all of my enemies that have tried to harm me, he, he, he serves me and, and, he, and, he, and he makes sure my cup is not only full, but it overflows. Now think about this cup overflowing thing, right? When, when you have a, a meal in the Jewish tradition, it's not just like, hey bro, let's come over and eat. It's, it's a serious deal. Like to sit down, it's, it's fellowship, it's, it's intimate, and, and, and it's filled with meaning. So in the tradition, as long as the, as the cup remains full, the host wants you to stay. Keep doing life. Keep fellowshipping. Keep laughing. Keep celebrating. He won't let the cup run dry so long as he wants you to stay. And the moment that the host would be like, your cup is empty, it's like a symbol, you need to leave. Can, can I get an amen on that? Somebody, you ever have anybody come over to your house and you're like, you're like yawning, right? You're stretching, but they're just like not getting the hint, right? And so you're just like not giving you another thing until you get out of here. You know, I'm going to give you a parting gift. Come on, you see this when you go to the restaurant and they just stop filling up your tea. You're like, what happened? I mean, they were just filling it up. It's like, it's an, it's, it's like you got to go, bro. I've already got your money. I need somebody else to sit in this table, right? So, so, so when David says my cup overflows, it just means that the host, the shepherd wants me there, Right? Wants me to stay there so much that he not only fills my cup, but he makes sure that it overflows. Like, I got to make sure you know how much, how very much I want you. I will not let your cup get empty so long as you're willing to stay with me. Stay in my presence. Like, like let's not get in a hurry. Like, you live in a nation where everybody's in a hurry. Let's not be those kind of people. In, in my presence, he says in another psalm, there is fullness of joy. And, 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 and at my right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We're going to just stay here, and you're going to eat in total peace right in the presence of your enemies. Don't rush off. Stay a little longer. Now, now let's think about the feast now, the banquet. Now, some of you don't understand the biblical text, but you do understand because some of you have watched there's shows that have been out where there are uh, like dragons and kings and wars and thrones. None of you have ever seen the ones with thrones, but, but it's out there. People have heard about this. Can, can, I, can I get away? There's Viking ships and whatnot. So this, this may make sense to you. Sometimes kings of smaller countries get threatened by kings of larger countries with bigger armies. And so sometimes the, the smaller king knows if, if somebody doesn't help us here, 
um, we're, they're going to take over us and they're going to kill us. And so they'll send out envoys. They'll send out messengers to, to ask for, to, to, to an even larger king than the king that's attacking them, a, a larger kingdom. Hey, um, could, could we make a covenant where you guys sort of protect us? Maybe they would even give their, their daughter's hand in marriage to the, the king's son. And, they, and they'd pledge like, like fealty or, or like we'll become a vassal state to a much larger kingdom. You've probably seen this, right, in a show on TV somewhere. And this is also uh, done in, in, in the Bible. There's a guy named Ben-Hadad. He comes in and, and provides protection like that. There, there are examples of this throughout the Bible. So, so the smaller king then, the smaller kingdom then comes under the leadership and the protection of the much larger kingdom and the greater king agrees, if he agrees, he would put together a banquet and invite the, the smaller kingdom, the king, to sit at his table and share a great meal. And this would be kind of a symbol of a, of a new covenant. And, and what this treaty would say to the enemies of the smaller king that had been threatening them is that when I sit at this table, I'm now under the greater king's protection and my kingdom has now really just become part of his kingdom and, and now I'm part of his family. So now if you want to attack me, you're going to have to get through him. You see what I'm saying? And, and he's the Lord of hosts. Oh, God is, by the way. He's the, the God of angel armies. And, and, and I know you look big out there, enemies, and, and certainly bigger than me, but nobody's greater than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is, I think, part of, not the only thing that's reckoned here, but part of the symbolism that, that David is giving us here. R remember, he's most likely a king at this point in his life as well. He understands kings. He understands kingdoms. He's, he's done these things, these transactions. And he's now about to take a seat at the table of the king of kings in the presence of his enemies. Five quick things that we learn from the text. The word, he says, um, you have prepared. The, the word you is talking about God. So, so God is the host, right? Everybody with me on this so far? God's the host. Whatever follows in this verse, whatever David is imagining here, it's God that is inviting people, you and I, to the table. Pretty awesome. And he says, you prepare, right? Th this is planned. This is well planned. This is not a spontaneous lunch. Come over. We'll throw some dogs into a pot of boiling water. Come on. We'll have some ramen soup. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know that ramen soup, 400 years from now, it'll still be just like it is right now? It is an indestructible crown. Come on, can I get an amen? Like, if your food cannot be destroyed, I'm not sure about it, right? Like a nuclear bomb, the ramen's still there. You can just still find the, the ramen. So it's not that kind of a deal. It's thought out. You prepare a table before me, the Hebrew says, right? But this isn't just a, any table, this is a king's table. This isn't an Ikea table that you put together with a bad wrench and if, you, if you're not careful, a bad word will come out of your heart. None of you guys, right? Everybody's holy up in here and watching online, right? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about that little bitty wrench that's like this big and you're trying to put together a whole table. You wrap your knuckles and you're like, Jesus, thank you for your grace <laughs> and love. It's not that kind of table. This is a monster table. It seats a lot of people. It's special. It's, it's sacred that you're being invited to. It's well planned. And then the next phrase is, you've done this for me. Like, you're the guest of honor. I'm the guest of honor. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not something you're invited to honoring somebody else. This is what David says. This is a banquet that's about you. You're not a wedding crasher, right? This is, this is your party. And, and it's got the king's feast on it. And he says, you prepare a table for me. Um, and then he says, in the presence of. So 
So this is public. It's not like a, a backdoor party where you got to go around the back. No, no, this is, people are going to watch you eat with the king. God himself has prepared a table, a banquet in your honor. He wants people to see them. Now that's cool, but, but who are the people that he wants to see you? And he says, in front of or in the presence of my enemies. Like if you didn't know this was in the text because you've quoted this from throughout your life at the liturgy or whatever, at the funeral, like you'd be like, what? Like, like shouldn't it be like he's prepared a table for me in the presence of my friends and family? Like, no, no. It's that your enemies are going to watch you eat. Now, David has a lot of enemies in his life. So this means a ton to him. But, but what does this mean? That this table, this banquet, it's on a battlefield. It just, I mean, it, it just means that the banquet is on a battlefield, right? In the presence of my enemies. Make no mistake, everybody, this is serious. This is where I want to land here for the next few moments. We are in a battle in, 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 in our world today, right? You can't watch the news. You can't see anything. But listen, those are the physical manifestations of a spiritual struggle. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, right? We know this. If you're, if you're a person that studies the scriptures, you have felt this in your life where you're like, this isn't my coworker. There's something else going on here. And we're seeing it in the physical realm. But then, but then David says, look, I, there's enemies around me. They're, they're, I've come through the dark place. But then the king calls a timeout, right? Just like he did all through the Old Testament, timeout. We're going to have a party now. We're going to have a festival. And, 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 and I'm going to declare a ceasefire. So what that means then is, and this is so important for somebody, that this is a banquet not just celebrating when the good times are going on in your life. This is a banquet you're invited to specifically for when you're under attack. Specifically when you feel like the world is closing in around you. Remember, he's just come through the valley of darkness and the struggle is obviously quite, not quite done. We're still in the middle of some bad times. The banquet is set up for you. I'm going to go churchy on you here for when all hell is breaking loose in your life. Like some of y'all don't know that church old school. Like I grew up Pentecostal and we'd be like, the gates of hell are not going to stand. You know, we'd be like going off and stuff, right? This is, this is what I mean by that. So, so, so the way our minds work because we're Americans and we have a Western mindset is that, well, well, I'm anointed with oil, which is a good thing, and, and my cup's overflowing, that's a good thing. So that, that's, that's, what, that's what, what that means is that my life is going well. No, 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 that's not what David's saying here at all. It's in the presence of my enemies. It's in the presence of my problems. That's where God comes and anoints your head with oil and he causes your cup to overflow and God calls out and says, we're gonna have a feast at my table. You're gonna stop all that you're doing and you're gonna stop your worrying and you're gonna stop your weeping and you're gonna stop and you're gonna just spend a moment with me. I think of the verse in Psalm 92 that says, you have poured uh, over me fresh oil. My, my eyes have seen, this is the next part of the verse, my eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. Wow. Like, like, like God's like, hey, I'm going to wash your face at the same time that I'm going to be dealing with your enemies. This is what this is. And, and so, like, like I, I think about a word picture in my mind. 
Some of you know that we have, we have ducks out here. Um, I won't say which one of the staff members, three of them, uh, went out one day while I was out of town and brought home 10 baby ducks um, for the glory of God. You know what I'm saying? I don't, it's like a full-time job for us now. Like there's so many mornings on Sunday morning where I go out and I let them out and I'm like, I'm the only pastor in America who is right now dealing with ducks. <laughs> no one. I lead the nation as a pastor in duck dealing. You know what I'm saying? Five of them were consumed by the vengeance of the Lord uh, a couple of weeks ago or the wild hogs that run around on our property or whatever did that. But five of them, and now we're like, nobody's gonna jack with them. So we have this one that arrived, and I don't have time to tell the story. I'm gonna tell it anyways, okay? So anyways, um, we call him Gimpy, um, and, and he is actually a she when it, as it turns out. But we call him Gimpy anyways because his leg is, is ruined. It was ruined when we got him, and he's still here. He survived the dark days of two weeks ago, and he's still around. And, but he's smaller. She is smaller than everybody else, and everybody jacks with her. All the other four ducks are much larger, and they pick on her and bite her. And th- we, we have this large pond down here, and, and, but, but to them it's a pond of lava. They will not go to it. Can, we caught them, we threw them in, and it was like we threw them into lava. They freaked out and got out as soon as possible. We have this little kiddie pool. It's no bigger than this, and this is their pond. And so Gimpy tries to get in, and they peck her, and they beat her up. And the other day, I just cut into a little bit of a rage, and I was like, listen to me, you little suckers. <laughs> this, guy, this guy pulls out his knife a lot at this church. kind of pastor this is your pastor anyways just in case anybody wants to come at me you know what I'm saying and so I just got I got mad man I was like stop and I ran at him man I like I'm a grown well-adjusted man but I I ran at the ducks and and they all ran but because he doesn't have an extra leg he didn't run she didn't run and so they were all over there and she was like oh and she gets into the little water and she's freaking out and splashing around and it's like the best day ever and I had the water hose still going y'all this is part of my day every day man the only guy doing this right now right and 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 so they're trying to get back in there and I just kept spraying them right like in the presence of your enemies gimpies I'm gonna take care of it you're gonna have a you're gonna have a feast in the middle I told all that to just tell you that part, right? It's, <laughs> and the one, one of them was like, I'm coming anyway. And he was like, I was spraying him in the face. And he's like, put his chest out. Oh. So I just punted him a little bit. Just a little bit. It's fine. He flew over there. For Jesus, you know, for Jesus. For his namesake. But, but this is what I think of. Like, I'm going to provide a... A, a, like, like they're not going to be able to get at you because I'm here. You see what I'm saying? I, I used to think when I read this that maybe the enemies of David were like, I, I, I imagine the valley, he's come through and they're all lined up against him and he's like, y'all stop right there. But that's not, I don't think that's what's happening. I think that his enemies are actually got a seat at the table as well because he says it's in the presence of my enemies. Like they're right there. Like presence implies closeness. I think David is, is envisioning this. Maybe he's even envisioning a time when he would sit at the table of King Saul and one day King Saul stands up and throws a spear at him. Come on, how many of y'all been to a dinner party where they throw a spear at you? You haven't walked down that road yet? You know what I'm saying? This is what's happening here. 
But the Lord is waiting on him. The king of glory is waiting on him and serving him. And it seems strange, but what strange for this to happen. But what better place for the enemy to have a seat than to watch God bless and God help and God take care of you? What have they got to be thinking about when the God of the universe, who kicked them out of heaven, right? Like if their spiritual enemies is like, I got you, I got you. They see his presence making the difference in their life. He wants to show your enemies that you are welcomed by him, how you are wanted by him, how you are sustained by him, how he brings you through the worst days. Now, here's the thing. M- most of us would say, well, Dan, it's cool. David was a king. He had enemies, but I don't have enemies. Like, like I, you, know, you got haters out there on social media or whatever. You know, most of us aren't like, I have enemies. Let me tell you something. Your enemies are not always external. Sometimes the enemies that are most closest to you are inner enemies like insecurity, right? If you have deep insecurities, does insecurity go with you everywhere you go? Do they sit at the table every time you sit down? Right, how about anxiety and fear and worry? How about your health issues that are constantly a plague in your life? How about, the, the, sometimes it's an external enemy, like a spiritual enemy, the, the, the satanic forces of darkness, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's real, y'all. You may not like to believe it, but that's a real thing. And, and, and so they're seated. My, my own past goes with me everywhere I go. And sometimes it's, it's filling me with shame or guilt or pain or hurt in the presence of my enemies who are seated with me wherever I go. He prepares a table for me. And listen to me. Every one of those things talks to us, yes or no. Do your insecurities talk to you? Yes, they do. Does your, does your fear like spin cycle in your head? Does scenario sickness play itself over in your head? Yes or no? Does it talk to you? Yes or no? But when you sit at the king's table in the presence of your enemies, they have no voice in your life. They cannot talk to you while you're sitting at the table. And he says, I'm going to keep, I'm going to give you rest and I'm going to give you provision and your cup is going to be full and overflowing. So here's the key. Here's the key. When you're sitting at the table, we, we don't focus on the enemies. We focus on the king who has invited us as a guest of honor. We focus on the king. And it's kind of this intense scene when you think about his enemies surrounding. There's another verse where he says, I, I, uh, my enemies sat at my table and ate my bread. He says it in one of the other Psalms. But, but, but in the presence of your enemies, God is providing, God is working, God is, God is feeding you and taking care of them. That's the kind of God that you and I serve. And there is peace. Listen, there is peace at the table that passes all understanding. Right? You, 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 you can have peace in the middle of the fight of your life. Listen, some of you know people who go through terrible things and just seem to be steadfast and unmovable. Do you know what I'm saying? And you're like, well, how does that happen? Because it's the God of peace, Philippians 4 says, who gives us the peace of God, who stands guard over what? Our hearts and our minds. And all of that is available to us as we sit at the table because the greater king is here and he's with you and he's for you and he's inviting you to rest at his table. I love this psalm and I love the message paraphrase of uh, Psalm 511. But, but you, can we see this real quickly? But you'll welcome us with open arms when we run for cover. Where? To you. Let the party last all night. Stand guard over our celebration. You are famous God for welcoming. Here it is. God seekers for decking us out 
in delight. God says, I know you're in the heat of a battle right now. You're fighting for your job. You're, you're fighting for your health. You're fighting for your sanity. You're fighting for your, your dignity. You're fighting for your marriage or your kids. You're fighting for equality or against injustice. You're fighting for peace. I know you're weary in the fight, but run for cover in me at my table because I am famous for welcoming those who delight in me, who seek me while the battle is going on. I'm going to give you rest. And the question is, but what is the table, Danny? Like, I know David's a king. He imagines tables. But, like, there's, Danny, where, where am I supposed to belly up to the bar, so to speak? Where, where do I, what, is the, what does the table mean? Well, it means a lot of things, I think. We, 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 take, we take communion at the Lord's table. I think that's a symbolism of a, of a future thing. We, we, we know that at the table uh, uh, in heaven, there is a, a supper of the lamb. There will be a feast there. And, and we know that, that that may be part of this. But, but I think what David means here is that he's talking about the presence of God. Because Psalm, Psalm 34 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And listen, and, and it says, he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Like, I've come through the valley of darkness. There's enemies around and, and within sometimes. But in the middle of that, you can know, like you can know that God comes near to the brokenhearted and to those who are crushed in, in spirit. I think that David is talking about here, this place right here. I don't mean just this one house. There are, an inc there are incredible churches all around. You guys hear me praying for these churches. You guys hear me talking great about these churches because there are so many great churches where God is being glorified all around us. But I think it's when when you come into God's house, I, I think this is what David's talking about because of the next verse he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like all the days of my life. So, so, so here's what this means. Those of you who carved out time today to come to God's house, I think God is saying um, that this is the table. This is the place. And and, 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 and this is the place that you get anointed with oil. Oil in, 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 the, in the Bible is always um, reflective of the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the presence of God. So we would, they would be anointed and set apart to be a king, or they'd be anointed and set apart to be a prophet. They'd be anointed in James because the prayer, of sick is being, uh, prayer for the sick is being offered, and they're being anointed with oil. But, but it's, it's here in this room that God's presence comes in and God's spirit comes in. And it's, listen, listen. God says, listen, when you come in, I want you to eat all you want, unhurried, unworried. You're protected here. There's no way the enemy can get at you. I, want, I would just, I want to affirm you. I want you to feel my presence. I want you to feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your heart over your life. And here's what I want you to know. Some of you really need to hear this, I think. No matter what it looks like around you right now, I know it looks bad some days. We're on a battlefield, but right in the middle of the battlefield is a banquet on a Sunday that God has prepared. And you can have it in your car, I promise you. You can have it in your prayer closet at home. You can have it wherever you are. But there's something, there's something different when you, when you tune in online with God's people at the same time. When you come into the room, when, when you're able, when you come into the room, 
There's something about the gathering of God's people that, that God loves so, so very much. That he brings with him a feast. So, so you're out battling all week and you, and you just looked at all that's going on in the world today and it's, guys, is it overwhelming? Afghanistan and Haiti and storm boiling into to, to, to New Orleans right now. We see it's coming in. I got friends there. They've been texting me all day. Dude, it's starting to get windy. It's starting to get crazy. But the king has invited me personally. Somehow I'm the guest of honor. And, 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 and he's invited me to have a banquet with him. And it's a banquet of his word. Listen to me. Every time you open God's word and you put it on a table, there's a feast that's been made available to you. Please hear me. God's word will fill you. The prophet said, when I, when I heard your words, he said, I ate them. They were my delight and they were my joy. When, when, you, when you, the reason we sing songs at the beginning of a service is not so you can go, hey, that was a cool little song, man. No, no, no. It's God, come down. He inhabits the praises of his people and there's something that happens when, when you lift a hand and somebody's like, I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe one day just try it. Like, like just be super like insecure about it if you have to. Like, like, like just maybe just put up a finger. I don't know, man, just try it. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God. There's something about it. There's a banquet of his presence and his power. A banquet of his promises in the word of God. There's a bank, banquet of his faithfulness in his word. There's a, a banquet of his love. It's always, it's a feast. And I know there are bad days behind. And I know there's some bad days ahead. But the, but the battle that you and I are in, guess what? Second Chronicles 2015, it says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And he says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because of this vast army. And you can say, what's facing me is overwhelming me. But listen, the greater king has come. I don't care what's wired up against you. I don't care what you're facing. The greater king has come and he's invited you to sit down. And oh, by the way, go read your Bible. He's never lost a battle and he never, ever, it, it may look like he is, he will never, never lose the battle. The greater king is here. And right in the middle of the battle, he's inviting me to take a, pre a break. And listen, it's not just a one-time deal. Look at this with John 10, I'm done. I am the gate, Jesus says, and whoever enters through me will be saved. Listen, I know, I know that there is a lot of people saying, even a lot of believers are saying there's many ways to God. No, there's not. Only through Jesus can one be saved. Come on, listen, there's only one way to the Father. You gotta go through Jesus. I'm the gate. There's no other way. I, I know you're hearing a lot of stuff, students and young people about there, but listen to me. There is no other way to God but through Jesus. And whoever enters through me will be what? Saved. They will come in and they will go out because the gates open. They don't, they don't go out and be lost. That's not what he's saying. And what will they find when they do? They will find, they will find a feast. They will find a table. And the thief, however, the enemy only comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come. That, but by the way, that's enough. If I didn't read anything else, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says, if you're the sheep of my pasture, no one's ever going to snatch you out of my hand. No one is ever going to take you out of my hand. They're going to be blessed when they come in 
And they're gonna be blessed when they go out. They're gonna find pasture. They're gonna find shelter. The greater king has come to give you life, to give you oil, to make sure your cup is always full. Anything you need, you're, not, you're gonna have it to the full so that the testimony of your life and mine is, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The end of the story is this. David tells us, surely your goodness and your mercy, your love will follow me. The, the literal translations is will pursue me all the days of my life because I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death and it feels like there's enemies all around but listen, on the heels is a shepherd with a rod and a staff and then he's got goodness and mercy pursuing me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Revelation, it says that there is a table where the marriage supper, all the bride of Christ, will go and they will sit down and they will have this, this covenant meal forever. And by the way, when you trust Jesus as your Lord, when you give your life to him, you get an invitation to that party as well. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, somebody. That's awesome. So I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And I want to pray specifically if you are feeling attacked or under duress or stressed. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to receive. Maybe even if you want to, open your hands. Father, come to you. We're at your table right here, right now. I believe that. We're at home, watching online, worshiping online. We've we got a seat at the table right now, right here. There's a banquet of your promises, of your goodness, of your love, of your word, of your provision. And Lord, I pray against the enemies of our heart and our mind of fear and of worry and insecurity. God, all of these, the, the, the past where the chatterbox of the enemy wants to remind us daily of what's happening in our lives or what we did wrong or what was done to us. I pray you silence them right now in the name of Jesus so that people can see the goodness of God, the grace of God, the provision of God. To see a shepherd who Jesus said lays down his life for the sheep and that's what he did at a cross on Calvary. He laid down his life so that we might have life and have it to the full, that we might have the forgiveness of sins, that we might be able to have new life when we say, Lord, would you be my guide and would you be my savior and would you be the forgiver of my sins? God, come, come on, would you pray that? God, come live inside of my heart. God, would you be my shepherd? Would you be my guide? Would you guide me along the right paths for your name's sake? God, would you walk with me through all the days of my life, through the dark days? And would you lead me out to a banquet prepared for me? Where I can come in and I can go out and I can find pasture, oh God. And would you let my testimony be that I dwelled in the house of the Lord forever? I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said a great amen. Amen. Come on.
Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.